enrichment for our dogs and joining me are Britt and Wendy. Hi guys. Hey. Cool. Wendy is um, a dog specialist. She's been on our podcast a couple of times before so she's an expert now and Britt is a team leader um, on dogs. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Good. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. 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 Good. And it looks like, Wendy, it looks like you're working from home, are you? I am, yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually, it's really quite busy. Um, yeah, lots of lots of stuff to do. Never yeah. a dull moment in, in Wood Green, is there? Even if you're not actually there. Absolutely. And Britt, um, are you on site? It looks like you're Skyping from a phone. Yes, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm Skyping from a phone. Um, yeah, I've been I've been working on site um, throughout all of this. So yeah, wow, that's dedication. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but it's also um, it's almost a bit of a saving grace to you know come into work, see the dogs, um, speak to some people. So yeah, it's it's perspective a bit. It's your enrichment. Keeping it's you my safe. enrichment exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which leads us nicely on to, um, Wendy, could you kind of tell us what enrichment is? Well, for me, it's my garden. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't asking you what your enrichment is, but you are more than welcome to share with everybody <laughs> what yours is, if you want to start off with. Well, yes, as I say, my, my enrichment is my garden and particularly my weeding. However, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, and enrichment really is the way we um, use the environment or things in it um, to to give the dogs an activity that uses up a little bit more brain and activity than perhaps they would use if they were in a very barren environment. Um, and so we can use to food and toys um, or lots of different activities to enrich their lives a bit. Okay. And we obviously use enrichment in our kennels quite a lot, don't we, Britt? Um, because they are left for periods of time on their own, um, particularly overnight. So it is really important for our dogs in kennels, isn't it, to kind of keep them a bit sane? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we try to uh, we try to give them as much as we can. So um, during multiple times during the day, um, and, and especially overnight. Yeah, um, absolutely. Quite, you know, quite long uh, left for quite a long time and what, why is it so important um for you know dogs in kennels or at home um to have enrichment wendy i mean is a walk and some cuddles enough for most dogs mm, for some dogs uh, usually those that are very mature a walk and some cuddles may well be enough um but if we go back into kind of the domestication process of dogs and how they live kind of more of them are living I'm going to say wild um, but feral is kind of what I mean um, in the world today than we have pet dogs and if we look at their lifestyles and the way they live I can guarantee that, that actually in many cases they are much happier than some of our pet dogs who don't have a very enriched lifestyle. Um, and if we look at why that is, they're, they're out all day long and they're foraging for their food 
um, and socially interacting with the other dogs in the neighborhood. They're choosing where they rest and they sleep and they're getting so much to do, so much from their own environment. And then when we compare our own dogs' lifestyles in recent years, uh, they're confined most of the time to, to the house, maybe the garden too. Um, and then they usually have, hopefully, a couple of walks a day and a little bit of training, but there's not anywhere near as much variety as, as a feral dog would experience. But would some people argue that dogs are so far removed from that kind of feral wild lifestyle that actually they don't have some of those instincts anymore? Um, I, I'm sure people would argue that, but then if we look... Even in the last hundred years or so, we've changed very much our dogs' lifestyles, and yet we haven't changed their physical makeup. They've still got all the muscles and trick teeth um, needed to pull things apart, um, and the the brain power to hunt things down um, and seek seek um, the things out in the environment. And we haven't changed much yet. In the last hundred years, you know, we were feeding our dogs lots of bones a um, hundred years ago, um, and they were also not kept quite as confined and fenced in as they they are now. Um, the stray dog issue in, has changed in my career, um, so that just goes to show how quickly it's changed. Um, and we're keeping them in so much more, and yet we can't possibly have changed their physical makeup or their mental makeup in in that period of time. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, so, Britt, how can we sort of enrich our dog's life? It, it depends. I mean, the endless, uh, the options are endless, but I think it really depends on the individual dog. Um, you want to look at, um, uh, Randy uh, mentioned it earlier, um, at the age of the dog, um, you know, a very young adolescent dog versus a dog that's a bit older might have completely different needs. Um, um, breed type is something that you want to consider as well. So some breeds really like digging or like chasing. Um, so these are things that you can all take into consideration. Um, some of the um, enrichments that we use in kennels are um activity feeders um puzzle feeders um so basically products that you can buy in the pet store um but of course you can also make it yourself um so what we've been doing as well a lot is work with um you know cardboard boxes um newspapers towels uh, you can get really really creative um in finding the most suitable enrichment for for your dog. Um, so what I just mentioned before, this was all food related. Of course, you can also enrich your dog by doing some training, um, some fun games, scent work. I love to do scent work. Um, so yeah, the, the options are endless. It really depends on what your dog likes. Okay, so if your dog's really foodie, what kind of things could you start off introducing to them if they've never done enrichment before, Wendy? Yeah. Well, probably the 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 easiest thing, and you know, when when I'm looking for answers for owners, I always try to to understand their lifestyle and and how much time they have on their hands, as, and how how inventive um, or creative they might be able to be. Um, and probably the first step 
um, and the easiest thing to do if they've got grass in their garden is to pop out into the garden with their food in their hand in, in a well probably in the dog's bowl actually to transport it out into the garden and then to stand there and just toss a few handfuls on the floor um, on the floor on the grass um, and most dogs will then stand looking at you as if you lost the plot because um, they know that the food should come down in the bowl. Um, but eventually, after you've pointed it out on the floor, um, they, they cotton on to, to what they're supposed to be doing and start to search the grass for the food. And after a couple of repetitions, the owner can very, very quickly scatter the food far and wide across their lawn. And providing their dog's happy to work out there on his own, they can come in and, and get themselves ready, have their breakfast, get themselves ready for work. And their dog at least has spent half an hour searching for his breakfast out in the garden um, so that it's done something before they even go to work. And then if, if they can do that, what kind of other, um, you kind of mentioned activity toys, Britt, uh, and things that you could buy. So um, what kind of things would you recommend for people? Um, I mean, you have them from, from all different sort of brands, but... Um, I should have actually, it would have been good if I had one to show you guys, but I don't think I have anything here. Um, so it's basically a rubber chewing toy made from very um, durable and, and safe rubber that you can use. Um, and you can pack this toy with, um, with food. If the dog's quite new to the whole concept, you pack it very loosely. Um, so it comes out really easily. Um, you really want to prevent... Um, your dog from getting frustrated or losing interest straight away because you made it too hard. What I really like about those as well is, um, especially now the summer's coming where we had quite good weather last week, is you can freeze them. Um, so, yeah. And what about people that don't have much money? I mean, I guess this stuff is, you know, investing in a Kong, which is the only thing one of my dogs will do, um, it's a good investment because they are indestructible, aren't they? And they do last a long time. Yeah. But especially now when people are under sort of, you know, financial strains, are there any things that they can do that replicate what food puzzles and enrichment toys do, but you don't have to spend much money on them? You kind of talked to Britt about cardboard boxes. What about toilet rolls and things? Because we've got plenty of those at the moment. Uh, newspapers, um, you know, you can roll some kibble up in a towel. Um, you can get really, really, um, really creative. So you don't have to spend money. You can just do it from, you know, um, I sort of um, save all my muesli, granola boxes. Uh, if I order something online, I keep the the parcel like box that came in. So um, yeah, lots of lots of options. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to spend money. And your dog's quite a food monster, isn't he, Brett? I mean, I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories about your dog opening fridges. <laughs> yeah, he opens just freezers and drawers. Um, yeah, so for my dog, it's you know, it's the greatest thing ever to um, to do some some you know to use a puzzle or an activity feeder. But the main thing that you want to look at is. Does the dog need to problem solve in order to to get us food? It's all about it's all about problem solving. Okay, so if you've got a dog, um, like a lurcher, that's perhaps not quite as <laughs> yeah, make it a little bit easier for us. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
Thanks so, for saving me there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what you can do is yeah make it um, make it a lot easier. You can entice them as well a little bit with you know smearing some peanut butter, some cream cheese sort of on on the opening or where they have to you know flick the lid up just to just to help them out a little bit. Again, you really don't want to um, to create any frustration or um, any sort of like lack of interest in your dog because you made it too hard. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Yeah. And I've seen people using things like bottles and things, Wendy, as well, like yeah. Coke bottles, um, yeah. that kind of thing. That's that's all safe to use. Um, providing they're they're monitored, so obviously you wouldn't want to leave a dog that's prone to chewing up and and eating pieces of plastic with a bottle and go off out to work. Um, however, if you're there in the room with him or her and you take the the cap and the little plastic seal around the edge at around the top you take that off and then just put some dried um complete food in there sometimes if you add a little bit of something tasty like a couple of little tiny pieces of chicken or cheese um in there as well to get them started off it might mean the first couple of sessions you need to be on the floor with them just pushing it around with your hands so they kind of get the idea of nosing it about um and then eventually they'll pick up that actually if they either pick the bottle up and then drop it, it will come out, or they're nosing it round or patting it with their feet. Um, the breeds that seem to really like that are the dogs that kind of like a little bit of noise in their, in their lives. Um, many of the bull breeds absolutely love that, and the boxers do. Um, but having said that, I've, my collies loved it too. Um, they, and they're not dogs that particularly like much sound, um, but yet they, they really enjoyed crunching up the bottle um, even after the food had come out. Um, I think it gave, gave, gave them a bit of a bit of a thrill, actually. Um, but yeah, you've got to watch. You've got to watch that they don't destroy it and then want to want to chew it. Um, but, you know, recycle your bottles still afterwards. So so they get an extra use, really. Um, and there's plenty of bottles around. We're never short of bottles, are we? No, absolutely. Especially now when we're all um, at home. Plenty okay. of those around. And, and and some fun ideas as well, Wendy, that children can get involved in, right? So, like yeah. we said earlier, we're all a bit bored at the minute. The kids are a bit bored. They can kind of help make these boxes and make yeah. these bottles yeah. and then see the dogs enjoy using them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you got the children to... Uh, children are so much more creative than us boring sloth like adults um so if we can get them involved in and being a little bit more inventive um and wrapping the, the food up and then popping it inside something something that the dog can destroy like a cardboard box um and, and then, then the dog can can tear it out there's also you know perhaps hide the box somewhere in the in, in the room so the dog has to go and find it as well um just making it a little bit more difficult and the one thing that i have to say children absolutely love doing with dogs um that's kind of an enrichment activity and, and i know it's brit's favorite subject um is search um so playing hide and seek not so much hide and seek as in the children hide or the dog hides um but hiding the toy um so that the 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 dog can come and find it and the children absolutely love doing that activity once the dog has learned that he's coming in to look for his toy um, and the children get the opportunity to to pop it somewhere and see if they can outwit the dog. Um, and once the dog's joined into that game, they absolutely love that game. So it's a fantastic game to pay the children. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to try that tonight. I haven't <laughs> actually tried that yet. My daughter would love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. And the dogs love it so much. 
the dogs get such a thrill out of it um so it's helping build a good relationship between the two obviously we've always got to make sure that we manage the interaction when the dog's got the toy um so that there isn't any frustration um with the children trying to take the toy off the off the dog to do the next repetition of the game um but as long as we manage it well they absolutely love it the children and the dogs and actually i have i have to say i think the parents watching too yeah absolutely uh, and Britt, um you do a lot of as you said scent um training and enrichment um with dogs that were green and with your own dog you know if, if you did have um a beagle um a basset hound something that really had you know love to use its nose could you get a bit more creative and a bit more tricky with this kind of scent enrichment yeah absolutely i mean you can you can take it as far as as you would like um and yes it's it's brilliant enrichment for you know your hound types um or dogs that are sort of more scent driven naturally um however you can also do um scent work with you know a french bulldog a mastiff a boxer um so it's um possible with all breeds um, and they, they all enjoy it. Um, so you can do it with food or with toys, depending on what your dog particularly likes. If he's quite foody, I would maybe suggest something like using cheese um, because it's quite smelly and you can, cheese is quite sticky. So it's quite nice to, you know, smear it on, on a wall or stick it under a table. Um, if you're going to use toys, you can use your dog's favorite toy or you can really make sort of like an assortment of scent items. So actually, I can show you um, how I've, because I have it here in my office, um, you can have sort of like a, a tin box because it, it contains the scent really well. And if I open it, it's full of soft toys, tennis balls, um, just random, random items. And in the bottom is some catnip. Um, if you use a toy, at first what you want to do is start playing with, with your dog with a specific toy. And then gradually you just start making it a little bit harder and harder where you're going to hide it. So initially you want to hide it where, you know, he can see you, what you're doing. He can see where you're hiding it. Um, and then you make it gradually harder and harder. But I think... I mean, for me personally, the, the most important thing um, with, with searching is that your dog has fun. Um, and it's, it's a really great, great opportunity to sort of like work together, um, sort of like be a team and just have lots of fun while you're doing it. Um, and it's, it's incredibly tiring for dogs. Um, if you think about it, I think it's like one third of their brain is completely dedicated to um processing like scent information um so yeah it's it's really really tiring and it's it's great fun sounds pretty similar to how i taught my kids to do hide and seek in the house like starting yeah. off by <laughs> hiding in plain sight and now i can hide in the loft and they can find yeah. me so it's just like you say making it easy for them to begin with and then getting exactly. more and more difficult exactly baby steps and and at any point you see that your dog's not really uh getting it or you can see that he's getting a little bit unsure or frustrated just take it a step back make it a bit easier yeah again it's all about fun 
Yeah, I think a lot of people um, think of enrichment as, you know, making food toys and um, boxes and things like that. But actually, like you said, Britt, training is a, a massive part of dogs enrichment as well, isn't it, Wendy? Yeah. And it's something that we kind of do a lot in the beginning when we get a dog or a puppy. And then we think, well, we've trained them to sit and lay down and give their paws. So we're yeah. done. Yeah, absolutely. We, we tend to forget um, their enormous mental capacity. Um, and yes, we invest um, well in their, their puppyhood and, and then seem to stop. <laughs> and it seems to be our habit that we stop unless um, you want to go into competition and do stuff long term with your dog. Um, but there are so many things you can do um, in, in terms of training and they just absolutely adore it. Um, even dogs that aren't particularly um, well, if, if, if you ask them a question that they know, they know it's something related to training that they've always had positive experiences about, suddenly they light up, even if they're really quite poorly. Um, so it just shows what capacity there is um, for, for learning and what effect it has on their, on their emotional well-being. On that note, um, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been really great to chat with you. And I hope that some of our listeners will take away some ideas on enrichment to do with their dogs and at least try a few things that you guys have suggested and see what their dogs like and don't like. Cool. Um, so thank you very much. Um, thank you for having us. <laughs> you're welcome you. and as always if you have any questions or comments um from today's podcast or any others that we've done um please do email us and we'll happily read them out and try and answer them um our email is podcast at woodgreen.org.uk um and and as always if you have any concerns about um your pet um if you need somebody to answer any questions you have, please do give us a call. Obviously, these guys are still working. Britt's on site. Wendy's working from home. So um, we can help you, whatever the question or query you have is. Um, and thank you, guys. Thank you.